sanctification, holiness, being more like Christ. How do we do this all? How do we incorporate into our walk as believers and Christian women who are wanting to deepen our relationship with Jesus? We're going to talk about all of that and more on the podcast because, friends, this is something that has been asked of me in real life and here on the interwebs and on the podcast. And I believe that we kind of have a holiness problem here in the U.S. And so I want to talk about it. What does that mean? What does the Lord say about it? All the things. Let's dig in. Hey, friend. Welcome to the Abundant Woman Collective podcast. Do you want to grow in your faith and have an intimate relationship with Jesus? Do you wake up with big, ambitious goals only to be overwhelmed and frustrated when you're way too busy and forgot to prioritize your time with Him again? Hey, I'm Sam, and I too was someone who craved a deeper relationship but was too busy to make it happen. I felt overwhelmed at trying to fit Him in and wished I could be confident in my faith and identity. I wanted to read the Bible and actually understand what I was reading, but I kept telling myself that I didn't have the time, the know-how, or the discipline or tools to make it happen until I found a little secret to get rid of the Christian checklist. In this podcast, you will find biblical truth, hope-filled conversations with women who are right where you are, and all of the practical tools to implement so that you will be able to deepen your relationship with Jesus. So grab your copy, Bible and pen, and let's dig in. So here in Middle Tennessee, we are part of the Snowmageddon, (laughs) meaning we've been locked in together as a family for an entire week, which has been so much fun and also really hard, but really fun. The other day, one of my kiddos had done something wrong. I don't remember the exact circumstance anymore, but it wasn't like awful, but we had a conversation about it. We talked about what he did and why it was wrong. He understood like what he had done and why it was wrong, but then made a comment that was like, mom, I can't be perfect. None of us is perfect, right? And I said, well, yeah, what does that mean? Tell me about that. And he was like, well, we couldn't be perfect and we're always going to mess up. So like, what's the point? And I was like, wait, what's the point of trying or what? And he was like, yeah, what's the point of trying? And I was like, okay, valid. I said, well, who's perfect then? And he's like, well, only Jesus is perfect. And I was like, yes, you're right. He was the perfect one. Who are we supposed to be like? And he's like, well, Jesus. And I was like, well, yeah, guess what? That perfect man died to take our place and our punishment, right? So if he did that for us, then God sees Jesus (laughs) in us, in his sacrifice for us. And just because we're saved doesn't save us from all sin. We mess up. Sometimes we make bad choices. But the conversation talked about repentance and like sometimes the choices we make and repentance again, (laughs) but repentance, it's asking God to forgive our mistakes and then help us to not do them again, to turn away from them, to not be tempted by them. So we kept on the conversation, but by the end of the conversation, we talked about how the Holy Spirit gives us the power to say yes to God and no to sin when temptation hits us. So is that perfection? No, we won't always do it perfect. However, does the Holy Spirit empower us to make those decisions and work towards perfection. (laughs) Yeah. Like he can do that. So this was a friend, a friendly conversation with one of my kiddos over certain circumstance that hopefully praying Linda ended in a life lesson for my kid. But how many times do we hear that same response from us, from grownups, from adults? I'll never be perfect. So why try? Dang, I forgot to read my Bible, to pray, to work out, to do whatever. I'm over it. 
I'm not good enough anyway. What's the point? The point is to be more like Jesus. So the world can see Jesus in us when they look at us. So we can point people to him. The point is Jesus. And before you think that any of those statements can't possibly be true and I just made them up, I didn't. Over multiple years, those statements have come out of a lot of women's lives that I've counseled or been with in ministry. So that's not just something I made up. I've literally heard it from, I almost said the horse's mouth, but the woman's mouth. (laughs) So let's talk about sanctification. Like, what is it? A simple process or a simple definition would be like, it's a process of dying and rising. It's self-discipline. It's the renewing power of the Holy Spirit. It's something that we cannot do on our own. It's being set apart. It's the process of being holy. I'm going to put on a tinfoil hat. It's not that tinfoil. I have much worse ones, if you know me in real life. But I believe (laughs) that there is a war against holiness. Really, there's an attack on holiness in today's society. In today's society, we mock Jesus openly. We celebrate the enemy and his tactics. We get complacent in our Christianity. We care more about how people are sinning than about pointing them to the one who can save them from their sins. We glorify different sins. When you are trying to be holy or when you are looking different and set apart, you get made fun of, you get cast out, you get not invited to the parties. Ask me how I know. (laughs) I believe one of the only ways to win this war, and it's not really war, but like this attack, you know, on this process is sanctification. Because sanctification means that we're falling more in love with Jesus every day, every moment. That we'll be more concerned with looking more like him than our neighbor or the famous chick on TV or our celebrity crush or whatever. That the fruits of the Spirit love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control will spill out of us. Those are the fruits that will ooze out of us. And before we answer this question completely, let's look to scripture. The first thing we know we have to know about this process is it has nothing to do with us, like at all. We can't make it happen on our own. We'll talk about that a little bit, but we need Jesus. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Y'all, stop. Did that scripture just say that we can become the righteousness of God? Yes, ma'am, it did. Dang, I wish we all believed that. God did this for us. He allowed Jesus to take away the punishment of our sins. And because of that, we can be in Christ. We can be like Christ. Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 22, says to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and then to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. After we become believers, like step one, believe, and then we die to our old self, right? We take off that old person and step into the one that Christ is handfully, painfully woven for us. Step two is basically this. Step two can take a while to fully do, but he's telling you to leave that old woman behind and step into the new one he's created for you. Leave our old practices, the lies, the gossip, the cussing, the gangster rap, whoops, sorry, Sam, whatever it was for you. 
leave that all behind and say yes to God. In Colossians, it mentions some things to put off. Like what kind of things? Well, (laughs) let's dig further. In Colossians, it talks about, now put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and foul talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old person with its practices. Okay, I get it. I'm supposed to put off all my old habits or whatever. But now what? Now we get to step into the identity that he has for you. This is the best. Colossians 3.12 says, gives the same kind of a clue about the meaning of the new person that we're supposed to put on. Paul says, put on then as God's chosen ones. Hear me, friend. Put this on. God's chosen ones, holy and loved, compassion, kindness, lowliness, meekness, and patience. Man, that sounds nothing like the original list that we read, right? It's like the complete opposite. And I kind of think that's the point. Sometimes there's people who look like they've changed. They've cleaned themselves up. They've made their life look pretty. They attend church on Sundays. They dress nice. They maybe even tithe. But they go home and they go to work. And maybe sometimes people don't even know that they're saved. Or they refuse to let go of maybe anger or racism or greed or addictions or or they don't want to offend anyone. So they're just, whatever's clever, whatever floats your boat, right? I hate to break it to you, friends. And I hope this isn't convicting you too hard. And if it is, then praise God, because conviction is a chance for change. I love conviction. It's not pretty. It's not fun. But man, when God can can nudge my heart to be like, hey, yo, Sam, listening closely. This is for you. I love it. I love clear direction like that. So friends, hear me when I say that this life, though it's fun and it's tempting and we have so many options to be so many people and do so many things, this isn't a show. Like it's not pretend. This whole thing is just for an audience of one. And this can affect all of eternity. God doesn't care about how you look on the outside. Your flashy toys, your money, your if you are putting on a good face. Why? Because he sees your heart and that's the only thing he cares about. Okay, not the only thing, but that is the main thing that he cares about. Your heart, your heart posture. You know, we talk about that all the time here. This also isn't a scripture about behavior modification. If you know some of my story, you know that that is part of my story. If I don't do this or this, then I'm not good. Then if if I don't do this, like I stop sinning this way, and I do do this, like going to church, then I'm good. I can go to heaven. Check. Sam is a good kid. Behavior modification, where you can change your habits because you want the result, in this case to please God, is not the goal, and neither is legalism. There's not a checklist of Christianity of things to do right. You don't just sign up and work hard to change yourself. That's the school of legalism and not the school of grace. This isn't that. So as you hear this episode, I am not telling you to fall into legalism, to get into this rigged routine for the sake of checklist and doing things. And that's not it. Ephesians 2.10 says we are his workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. It boggles my mind. The scripture actually does a lot. (laughs) I am God's workmanship, God's creation. And not only that, 
the works that I am assigned to do, he has already prepared those too. So how do you put on a new person created by God? I believe the answer to that we find a few times in the Bible, but in verse 23, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Notice in like the previous verse, the old person is corrupted by desires that are fueled by deceit, by lies, which is like the absence of truth, right? When your mind is deceived, you can even drink poison. But then we notice in verse 24, we're sort of dumping around those verses, but that the new person is created in righteousness and holiness. And righteousness and holiness is only fueled by truth. Right attitudes and emotions and actions are born from truth. In Colossians 3, 2 and 3, it says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. Guys, we talked about this in a former episode. I forgot what the title was, but I'll, I'll link it below. But we talked about basically it, like, keep your eyes up. Our focus is heaven. Like, that is the goal. And so... Let's jump in a little bit before we wrap this up. How do we how do we become sanctified? Like Sam, we've talked about it. We want to be holy. We're down. We get it. We felt the Lord nudging us. Yes, right? Hopefully you're there. <laughs> For the purpose of this podcast, we'll break it down into three things. This is not like the my theologian essay of Sam. This is just three things for this episode. The first thing is to love God and his word. You're probably like, duh. <laughs> of course I love God. But hard, big sister truth coming at you, do your actions show that? Like it's one thing to say I love God. It's another thing to make decisions based from and out of my love for God. It's one thing not to like, to not have a Christian checklist of things to do right because that's obligation and legalism. It's another thing to ignore the checklist altogether and just do what you want, right? Our actions, our response from the, to the love we feel for him. I love my husband. So I make his dinner. I go on dates. I spend time with him, not out of obligation or this pretty ring on my finger, but because I love him. I want to spend time with him. I want our relationship to be healthy. Also, I know that homeboy can't cook. (laughs) I want to talk to him. It's not an obligation or a checklist or I have to. It's a relationship. So I want to, I guess the second one is really like one B because it's love God, but also love his word. How do we love his word? We read it. We study it. We dive into it. We create a discipline centered around reading it. Now hear me again. This doesn't mean you check it on a checklist. It means just like any other thing, I have to discipline myself to wake up super early to go to work. I have to discipline myself to work out or eat healthy instead of binge, right? Discipline is a word that we've made to be evil, and it's actually such a good word. (laughs) So this isn't, this isn't that. This is, I need to create a habit because I'm not always going to want to read my Bible. Hello. Like this is real life, friends. I'm not always going to want to hang out in Leviticus. I'm not always going to see the beauty in Job, right? But because I've created this habit, this discipline out of my love for Christ and my love for his word, I'm going to read it and I'm going to learn, and I'm going to hear from God, right? Not because of a reading plan, not because of a checklist, but because we want to know who God is, who he created us to be, how to live this life that we're in. It's all included in there. It's all in the Bible. 
all the topics. They're in there, right? And sometimes, friends, I just had this conversation with a friend in real life not that long ago, but we have to ask him, like, God, give me the hunger. Make your word alive. Help me to create a discipline to get in your word. Like, I want an unsatiable, whatever the word is. I don't want to be satisfied. I want an unsatisfiable (laughs) word. Nope. Hunger for his word. And I want that for you too. So ask. Let's ask. Of course, he's going to give us that because he wants us in his word too. (gasps) Number three, we talked about it a tiny bit, but conviction and repentance. We live in a society where everyone wants to be comfortable. We don't want to make ripples. We don't want to make waves. It's all good everywhere. We don't want to offend anyone and we don't want to be canceled. And that is all fine. However, if we are to be more like Christ and even resemble some of the disciples, I hate to tell you, but like they all had (laughs) not easy, comfortable, chillaxing lives, right? They went through hardships. They went through persecution. They went through so many things. And yet God remained at the center of their lives. The gospel is meant to be set apart. The gospel is literally different. The gospel will get you canceled. The gospel will make people uncomfortable. The gospel will make ripples or waves. I'm sorry if that makes you uncomfortable, but that's the truth of it. Don't let any preacher man person tell you that it's just going to be good. Life's cool. It's not. But guess what, friend? That's okay. That's not the purpose. That's not the point here. The point is who? Jesus. Jesus. That's it. So conviction, that nudge, that that Holy Spirit, hey, Sam, take a closer look here is okay. We need to be women who pay attention to those who, who then when we are convicted of something, we repent not only to the father first and foremost, but to the person, maybe if there's another person involved, right? We... I have friends actually that I have a like one instance I'm thinking of that's really good at this. We were sitting at lunch. I'm one of her confidant people. And so our conversation, I didn't think anything of it because I've been in leadership. I've done things that she's doing now. And so she was venting, you know, about about a situation that had occurred in her ministry and in leadership and and it was hard. And so the venting, she felt convicted that it got a little bit too into like the gossiping. And so, and again, it wasn't like flat out gossip. It was just a situation that had presented itself. And so I didn't actually think anything of it. Like I wasn't like, hey, yo, or else I probably would have called her out and been like, okay, let's change the subject. But like, I just, I wanted her to vent and to feel comfortable and safe, right? And so I think like later that night, she sent me a Marco Polo and she was just tore up. She was so like sad because the Lord had showed her that she, he had convicted her that her conversation strayed to the way of gossip and she didn't mean to make that person look bad or whatever. And so she, you know, got it right with the father. And then she included me and I was like, yo, that is such a beautiful heart posture. And, you know, I, I told her what I told her, but like, it's not, it sometimes it involves a second person and sometimes it doesn't, but to have the boldness and the, the conviction and the courage, because all you care about is the father to then repent of people is an incredible gift and one that I think we all can do better with, including myself, right? This can be just another episode, friend, or we can 
pay attention and and realize that our obedience is to the Lord and to the Lord only. In Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, it says, Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who has raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. The scripture is a good reminder of conviction because we have him inside of us. We might ignore him. We might turn off our cues, but he's inside inside of us. So allowing the convictions that come from communing with Jesus, having a relationship with Jesus, also from understanding scripture and how it shapes and changes our life and how we live life. That's important. In Deuteronomy 7, verse 11, it says, you shall therefore be careful to do the commandment and the statutes and the rules that I command you today. We learn to love the Lord's law and the Bible and the teachings, not out of a desire to like earn his favor or be a good girl, but because his spirit has literally changed our hearts. There's no going back. And so we use it to serve as a guide for like how we are to live and teach and how to be righteous. Like he says, we we don't follow the law to earn salvation in that way, but rather our motivation comes from delighting the Lord to our heart posture comes out of his love, right? Tim Keller puts it like this. You are saved by faith alone, not by faith, which remains alone. If you are not getting sanctified, you don't have saving faith. Leave it to Tim to always put those like one-liner punches in. (laughs) A sincere heart and desire to know the Lord more deeply and richly is all that is needed for the Lord to work through our stubbornness and seeking after that which we know will not ultimately satisfy us. The process of sanctification ultimately It results in a joy that only comes from him, and it comes from obeying the one who saved us, which is Jesus. It's not possible on our own, on our own might, on our own power. It only comes about from the Holy Spirit as he transforms our hearts, as he transforms our minds and our lives (laughs) to delight in his will. And friends, be reminded that it's a process. It's not an overnight deal. This isn't a goal we can set and just achieve with a snap of our fingers. But just because it's a process doesn't mean we should stop growing, we should stop loving, and we should stop learning. Do not let the world dim your process. And do not let anyone else deter you from being holy. Being set apart is uncomfortable sometimes. Trust me. I have been made fun of. I have been outcasted. I have been talked about. I've been considered too good for school too good and also not good enough. It hurts. And I've had friendships change and friendships lost. And it's not always fun, but I would never do it over. I would never choose something else ever. Why? Because I'm kingdom focused. I don't care. The Lord will deal with those women in those situations. My audience is one and his name is Jesus Christ. And I'm bringing as many ladies as I can like you to focus on living a life that is worthy of our calling. So friend, two things as we close this episode. One, I'm going to leave you with a scripture that I want you to pray over yourself and just memorize this week. But then also I want to encourage you, if you are like, yes, I want to do this. I don't want to do it alone. How can I plug in? I'm going to encourage you. I have a wait list started because I am creating a discipleship program 
And it's going to help women wherever, whatever season situation they're in to be discipled, to have accountability, mentorship, to get in the word, to learn, to love the word and to live out holiness and how he tells us. And so head to theabundantwoman.co slash discipleship, and that'll get you on the wait list. Sign up there. And once it's released, you'll hear more about it on the podcast and we'll start talking about it more on Instagram too. Or share this episode on Instagram or send me a message and like, AOC, help me. I have questions. Like, I'm open book, guys. So reach out. But as we close this episode, this is the scripture I want to leave you with. First Thessalonians, I cannot say that, <laughs> chapter 5, verse 23 and 24. Write it down. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. All right, friends. Again, get on the wait list if discipleship and sanctification is something that you're serious in. But I love you. I hope this episode blesses you. Until next time. Friend, I hope you were blessed by this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before you go, quick things. One, can you follow us on social? I would love to get social with you. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube all have the username Abundant Woman Co. Come say hi. Also, we have a free Facebook community that has women just like you building community, going after Jesus, and just making connections. Come join us there. I can't wait to meet you. And last, I would love if you could screenshot this episode and share it on your socials for a chance to be featured. Until next time. Oh,